21st in Florida. Contact Pam at pamsidai at hotmail.com for more options and booking dates. Incredible socialist prices so you can be creative in a free speech space without breaking the bank. That's Mutiny Radio Rentals every Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10. Book your event now. Well, hey there, San Francisco. If you're looking for some delicious late-night food, I suggest you mosey on down to Bender's Bar. Inside, you can find Counter Offer, and my offering you amazing late-night food and snacks. Try the chicken biscuit. It's like your stomach's in a tasty tornado. They have exceptionally great daily ground sustainable burgers with sides of tater tots, grilled asparagus, and delicious zucchini, and creamy delicious mac and cheese. You like tacos? They got them. And from the specials, very deep fried fish sandwich to a stoner burger with a donut bun. What are those crazy potheads going to come up with next? Go to the counter offer inside of Blender's Bar at 800 South Van Ness Avenue. San Francisco is located between 19th Street and 20th Street in the Mission District. Open seven nights a week from 5 to 10 p.m. or later. Counter offer, son! Some call me Tim. Listening to Pervert Fervor in the background, aka Timothy Pizza. I am joined right now by our special guest today, Matthew Quirk. Hey. Is this where I say hello? That's where you say hello. Hey, Matthew Quirk, how are you doing? Pretty good, pretty good. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, I'm super excited. So, as you know, Some Call Me Tim is all about your. Uh, and other people's connection with the divine or disconnection with the divine. Mm-hmm. So we'll just we'll just jump right in here with Matthew Quirk. <laughs> Were you raised Christian? Roman Catholic. Roman Catholic. And I have Ooh. since since gone 
gone f- wild, gone feral. I've gone to seed. Uh, Alta boy? Yes, altar, altar boy. boy. Yeah, altar boy. I had some of the most horrific non-sexual altar boy stories. Non-sexual. Yes, non-sexual. But they still involve scary priests. Uh, not well. Of course, they're semi-involved. Uh, so I, I was an altar boy, right? And oh, one of the right. reasons you're convinced to do that is, you know, the extra blessings. You know, you get closer to God and all. Uh, but, you know, who wants to be an altar boy, right? So people would blow it off all the time. There was early masses on Sunday nobody wanted to do. It's all kinds of, you know. So if we ever happened to go to mass and there was no altar boy, my father would make us go get changed and go up there and be altar boys. Shut up. Which was like, I barely wanted to go to church and everything. It was all very begrudging. And then forced to go up there. And you got to walk up from like the entrance. They're not uh, ergonomic churches. Like the entrance is in the back and the church is, you know, the altar right, right, in the right. front. So we would always have to like then go like walk up in front of everybody like 10 minutes late. As far as they were concerned, we were that idiot altar boy who couldn't set his alarm clock or something. But you were actually saving the day. Yeah, uh, I guess you could say that, except there was no day to save. I mean, church can function completely fine without us. It's, it wasn't like... So did you have a locker, like, backstage or something, where you kept all your altar boy clothes, or did everyone wear the same altar boy clothes? So there was a, uh, the vestibule, if I can remember all, all the proper right. vocabulary. Vestibule. There was uh, uh, an, an area over there uh, where they kept, like, the... Ch- the priest would get changed, put his jacket. It was sort of a locker room. It was more like just, you know, a, a closet or a regular office room. Right. But they would have certain sizes of the altar boy uh, gown or whatever. Sure. The vestments. Um, so, yeah. You had, you a, had to wear someone else's smelly vestments. They, did they clean them once a week? I suppose. They were white. They were white. Yeah. Super white. So they had some contract with a local something. They or something. And you're up. not up there, like, doing heavy lifting or installing, like. You're lighting candles, right? Yeah, if that, you know, you're mostly sort of just kneeling there and assisting. Maybe you're grabbing a book. Huh. Uh, You know, you're not really doing a whole lot. How much training did you have to go through to become an altar boy? I went through, and I'm quoting the priest here, cold turkey training, which was just go up there and do it. You'd never done it before, and they just put the white things on you and said, go up and do it. Yeah, well, there's not a lot, you know, you, you kneel when you're supposed to kneel and stand. Basically, you're supposed to pay just a little bit more attention than everyone else and give them the hint as to when you're supposed to stand and when they're supposed to kneel. Oh, and, sit up. Yeah, uh, it's um, sit up, stand up. It's uh, lean to the left, lean to the right, stand up, sit down, fight, fight, fight for Jesus. Uh, maybe <laughs> that was that. Kneel, up, down. That up, sounds down. more like a, a Methodist thing or something. Or, gotcha. Yeah. Uh, did you enjoy your Catholic um, upbringing? Uh, not particularly. Did you ever feel a closeness with God while you were doing that? I tried to feel a closeness with God, but... How would you try? Would you, like, pray and try to feel tingles, or you wanted the Holy Spirit? You guys don't... The Catholics don't believe in the Holy Spirit, right? Do you? Sure, yeah. Okay. Father, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Holy Spirit. Ghost, yeah. The Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit. Gotcha. Yeah, Christians are a little bit more hardcore about that Holy Ghost stuff. Do you you know that that's how they... There are a lot of Christians who believe that the only way that you know that God has truly blessed you or that you're truly saved is when you speak in tongues because of the, uh, the verses in Acts after Jesus rises, is taken to heaven or what have you. 
and the Holy Spirit descends upon the disciples and they all start speaking in tongues. And yeah. so that's how a lot of Christians, even that practice today, still believe that if the Holy Spirit doesn't enter you and you don't speak in tongues, that you truly don't have a connection with the Holy Spirit. Well, yeah, that's not a huge hurdle in in Catholicism, but it, it, I've met people who spoke in tongues and like it was certainly something, you know, but it wasn't like the only path or the most obvious thing. Do you believe, do you believe that people truly speak in tongues or do you think that it's just a ridiculous I think it's kind of ridiculous. And and whenever I've seen examples of someone speaking in tongues, they're just blathering gibberish. Right, the God language. And even like as confusing as so many other languages go, like you can tell that they're making different sounds for different words and there's new ones every once in a while. And, and like, even if I can't recreate it or everything I can hear, but when I hear people speaking in tongues, it's really just like they're repeating something. It's at, at best, it's a mantra, but it's just some baby talk just spewed over and over again. There's not, it doesn't get complicated. Right. It's not even like Latin. There really is no, yeah. <laughs> there, there's no root language there. I and, mean, it would be amazing if someone started speaking in Latin and they'd never spoke Latin before, or if they started speaking French and they'd never spoken French before. There are head injuries that cause that. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, it's very rare. That's and they, really interesting. They cause accents too, where people from like really? Norway will suddenly have a Mandarin accent. What? Yeah. See, now that brings us into a whole different thing. Like, is the brain, how, how involved is our brain in the divine and could you as a child make the voice of God talk to you or feel the presence of God because of your own brain well that brings up like well is there an actual God to be voicing I want to say this one last thing before we move away from speaking in tongues not to blow everything so uh as I recall from the Bible, speaking in tongues was they were just saying and everybody heard it in their native tongue. And whenever I've heard a modern person speaking in tongues, they're saying nothing that anyone hears. Like the guy, the Japanese guy next to me doesn't hear that blathering as Japanese. Right. He hears blathering. Right. So I, I don't see how that's, you know, that's not the biblical tongues. If we're all, you know, people, usually literalists you know, we'll, we'll claim this sort of stuff. And how, well, how come it's not all heard in different language? So anyway, so let's move off of yeah, tongues. Yeah, yeah out, of, out, of, out of tongues. It's something in your People brain. really believe this, though. That's the thing that's oh, so sure. crazy. Oh, sure. And, and uh, you know, it really looks like the Death Star blows up at the end of Star Wars. <laughs> like, you believe it, but it's, you know, it's all just me. But and, it's the mythology. I believe in the mythology of Star Wars. Like, I believe in... I don't know, sort of a transcendentalism yeah. kind but of all-knowing force. What I'm force. saying is just because you're hypnotized or sufficiently tricked, that doesn't make it suddenly real. It just means you're completely tricked. But sometimes I can put my hand out in a force kind of way when my boyfriend is in the room and I can do something and then all of a sudden the remote is magically in my hand. How did that happen? I'll tell you why. <laughs> Because I have mind I'm the, control over my I, boyfriend. I, I've met this comic power couple in San Francisco, <laughs> and you guys are just tuned into each other. That's how it happened. Right. As as my uh, with my worldly traveling as a one language American, I realize that so much of communication is not words. Right. It, it, it's eyes and face and body and and so you know. And you guys are tuned into each other rhythmically in the course of a day. He knows when you're sick of this show and you want to change the channel. Right. So he's already so handing like, it uh, to you. Yeah. No more Stranger Things. Uh, when was the last time you were in a 
house of God or a religion, a place where people were conducting worship. You mean other than the church of eight wheels where I'm an instructor. Right. Which is amazing, which is its own church and is really important. And I think that, and roller skating, we definitely, I knew we were going to get to this because you still use roller skates. You did you ever get into roller blades? Yeah, do I can do blade. I can do ice as well. You can do, but you, did you, you ice skated before you roller bladed? It was like, um, uh, well, surely. I mean, uh, uh, so for the viewing audience here, I was born in 1967. Yeah. So I was, uh, uh, skating. My first roller skates were these like strap on metal things that went on top of your, on top of your regular shoes, shoes <laughs> and you buckled oh, that in. Kind of noise. Yeah. I got a brand new pair of roller skates. Vibrations all over the place. Key. And same with my first skateboard. It was like steel clay wheels. wheels. Clay wheels. St- yes, yeah, steel. Uh, yes, yeah, steel and, and clay. Yeah. You know, before the polyurethanes. Mm. It was so vibration. It was not as, so pleasant. Well, you'd fall on your face. How many times did you fall as a child on your roller skates? Those crappy metal roller skates. Uh, did you do a hit couple, a lot of rocks? And yeah. Right in yeah. Yeah. Uh, but so that's so while we're talking skating I'll just run through my quick resume please so I sort of in and out like when it was a craze in the 70s I started doing it again I had ice skated a little bit because I lived in New Jersey where the okay. pond in, in our town froze and so I had access to ice not a lot but a couple of times so you know blades didn't come around until like the 90s so right. I definitely ice skated long before then and then, of course, skating a little bit in the 80s when it was a craze again, I jumped on it. And then in the 90s when Blades, I jumped on it again. And then, you know, five or six years ago, I decided to really, like, learn a bunch of dance steps and get my backwards on. And, and do you um, do you commune not only at the Church of Eight Wheels, but do you also go down to the on Sundays at the park where Act- he brings out his disco music? Yes. And- Actually, that's where the name Church of Eight Wheels comes from. People were calling that area the Church of Eight Wheels because we would meet religiously get it <laughs> on Sundays there I've done it before yeah yeah and so when we actually got access to a church the name came with it and it was perfect it's yeah. an amazing just so you guys know it's on a uh, fell right up from hate street fell in Fillmore fell yeah. in Fillmore uh, and it's amazing yeah. it's actually in an old church it's next to the convent which is um, a, a group of artists live there in yeah. the convent next door but they took the church itself and it's all this beautiful wood floors. They just took the pew out, pews out, and you get to skate in this beautiful church with all of these, you know, like stained glass windows, yeah. and it's really cool. Yeah, and to complete the metaphor here, when we all became instructors there, the first class of instructors, there were twelve of us. Uh-huh. So the twelve apostles oh, that's of the Church of Eight Wheels. It's all quite, quite fitting. So are you like a part owner in that, or how? Hell that no, all? no. Uh, I just uh, instructor. An instructor, yeah. That's where we have mo- most of my classes are there on Saturdays. I'm also available for parties, personal group lessons. Okay, enough, enough of that. Nice enough plugging. But there you well, go. and were you guys a part of? Because I've been to I've been to Burning Man three times. Yeah, in, in the 2007. Black Rock Roller Disco. Yeah. So much fun. They were in 2007. The roller disco was like right next door to my camp because I was right on the playa as well. I was part of the group that built the, um, which is much I like I wonder church. if we crossed paths on that burning. Possibly, night. yeah. So we were the ones that built the um, the oil derrick that was 99 feet tall that you could climb to the top of and there was the big, um, the deck that you could see everything and then we burned it at the end which was ridiculous. Guys, worked on that. <laughs> they worked on making those steps like safe for thousands of people to get up to the top of it and, and then, then just burned, burned it. it. Yeah. Well, impermanence, you know. Right. 
but I don't see anybody burning up the the roller skating rink. So right next to us, we do have to get a new one every other year. If that oh, makes you feel any right, better. right, because it's basically like large. It's like panels of luon yeah. or of some sort of well it changes wood. every couple of years we we play a lot with the surfaces and everything and uh you know i don't i don't know much about your friends there but uh you don't really make super bank around here uh, as a roller skater and a right. roller skating starting from roller skating parties i mean it's okay you can do it i i i, I I definitely make more doing roller skating than I do in comedy. Right. And, uh, uh, but you love it. That's the thing. You yeah, love I also skating. love it. So we, we can't just be burning all our stuff all the time. We need to have right. stuff that will last a couple of years. and, and uh, so. I mean, it's huge. So I, in 2007, it was really fun because I slept at weird times. And mostly I slept from like 8 to midnight yeah. during the night. And then I'd get up and go about all night and kind of throughout my day and whatever. But... I would always sort of fall asleep to disco, which yeah. it made me so happy. Yeah. Like, it was the best. I was like, we're next to roller disco, yeah! Yeah, the point I was, you know, you go to Burning Man and there's techno all over the place, so you come across some folk musicians, you're like, oh, thank God, not techno, let's yeah. listen to this for a while. And uh, at the at the roller disco there, they're playing disco music or danceable music, and, and it's 90% of it is music played by people, like not electronic. Right. And it's, it's a tremendous change change from what you're normally listening to out there in my opinion absolutely you say it makes you happy that is freaking happy music i mean i was part of disco sucks too but secretly i loved it the whole time i love disco who doesn't still love and and uh you know that's i had one of the most beautiful moments there uh in 2003 when we went to the roller disco and uh i ran this chef this iron camp chef this iron chef camp and everybody would come with food and i'd cook for them and it was really fun but there was a girl who lived next door and there were these boys that made coffee for everybody and they were pretty cute during the day they were the they're from dune basically and they made coffee and they would sword fight during the day with fake swords stuff like that in the desert they were but one of them was really young and i had a friend who was she was probably like 32 or something and she started like Burning Man dating this like 19 year old cute little applier relationship and they solidified it at roller disco her skating backward him skating forward like with that cool like you know Dancing, yeah, dancing skater, together. Yeah, when you're on rhythm, so it's so cute. It's yeah. And we were watching, we were like, oh, look at this new playa relationship develop. It was really, really darling. And it was solidified because of the uh, roller skating. And it's so cute because they, every, you get to use, they just put roller skates out on the ground and you get to put on whatever you want and you get to play around and it's yeah. all. It's so many of those camps are like, oh, it's cool. it's a hangout space. You get to be yourself. It's like, yeah, great, great, great. You know, I'm like, oh, the Blacklock Roller Disco. And people are like, oh, I love that. But, you know, it's very participatory. Yeah. It's, even if you're bad at it, it's fun. It's it's. I'm very proud to be part of that camp. Well, do, do But, you, hey, you know, Burning Man sucks. Are we going to continue on this idolatry of Burning Man? Or right. The well, religion that's the, of Burning the Man? The religion of Burning Man. There's another one. Yeah. Bringing skating and Burning Man together yeah. in religion. Oh, Timmy Pizza's in the house in the hizzy. I was having uh, technical difficulties. He was technical. He's, he's here. Uh, so we've gone from Catholicism to roller skating to Burning Man. Just, what are, what are other things you believe in? What do I believe in? Uh, or not believe in. I mean, that's the thing. Is do you, you, do you, you don't believe in Catholicism anymore. Uh, no. And uh, Are you an atheist now? Like, I'm, I got ex- I, I would, yes, I'm an atheist. But if I have to be real about it, I'm an agnostic. Okay. Uh, what's, the, what's the difference? The difference is an agnostic is, you know, an, an atheist is sure there's nothing. A religious person is sure there's something. And uh, an agnostic says you both don't know. 
That's kind of like what I, I was saying this last week. I'll make it short. But uh, I was saying like I, I heard it as a joke, but I actually turned it into my kind of thing. Uh, apathist. Like, I don't give a shit. Apathist. Apathist. That's good. Yeah, you I don't. Call, you trademark. No, quick. I stole it from somebody that was oh, making a you? joke on a oh. podcast. I can't remember who. I'm That's sorry great. if you ever hear this, but um, but I've, I've turned it into something that I actually truly believe in. Yeah. Like. Yeah, well, I, don't, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I, I've got to, I, I, I've got to sort of t- temper mine because I will still. I don't drink. Thank oh, you. Oh, sorry. Uh, it's all right. Um, so I still will say things like sometimes something's not working, and I was like, "Isn't it obvious to you that God doesn't want you to do that?" You know, or something. And uh, you know, I, I, I uh, uh, play on a, a rugby team, and sometimes uh, misfortune will occur in a game it, w- without explanation. Uh, and people will say, "Ah, oh, the rugby gods have spoken," you know, and and things. So I will still refer to the idea of God or gods or such thing. But if I'm if I'm to be pinned down to it, I, I'm somewhere between you just don't know and uh, there's it just can't be. Is yeah. rugby a religion for you as well? Uh, this is something. I mean, fanatical. You, you do every week, yeah, right? A, do I'm you a, practice every week? Minimally, I'm an addict. Um, can I can I ask both of you guys, and I'll answer yeah. this question to myself. Um, it's a little personal, but uh, <laughs> when uh, I guess it doesn't have to necessarily be this, Unlike but we'll just we'll just religion. give you this situation. Say the shit shit totally hits the fan. Uh, you got no money. You got to be somewhere. Your car breaks down. Uh, well, you're going to see somebody you sick. Worst possible scenario you can think of. Um, do you pray? Ah. Uh, I I don't know. So pray prayer involves a, a lot of things. Uh, um, uh, I, prayer might be the exclusive, you know, to actually call it praying to a god might be just a religious way of explaining it. But certainly things that a, mo- a more modernistic person would be like uh, positive thinking, focus, uh, uh, w- wishful thinking. Right. I, I don't. You know. I think all those things could also be misconstrued as prayer. Well, but not, I'm not like making the sign of the cross and oh like, Jesus, dear God, please I, let my car start. I might call that out to to the to the great beyond. Right. But I don't expect like a bearded gentleman. Yeah. Uh, just a few bearded universes gen- away, hearing me. Yeah. You know. Although, but I might be putting it out there. Like oh, if some nice person could just happen by right now, that'd be great. But uh, you know, it's, people might call that prayer, but people might also call that just you know positive reinforcement or or uh, there's other new wavy words. Right, like it. the secret. Like yeah. if I think positive thoughts, then positive things yeah. will happen to me. Yeah, and to Bullshit. to bring to bring this into. Uh, Religion and rugby together through prayer, if I may. <laughs> so I, I was at this uh, tournament in New York City. It's a several-day tournament we're playing in, and this Fijian guy on our team got his knee just busted up, oh. swollen like a grapefruit. We had to call him a cab. This oh. might have been London, actually. But anyway, the uh, we had to carry him to his room. The next day, we're warming up for the game. It's about to be kickoff, and I realized this guy is fine. Like, wait, last night what? you were on ice and everything. What happened to your knee? He's like, oh, I just prayed. I prayed all night, and and God helped, healed me. And I think if you are talking to, you know, because he's a born-again Christian, so that's how he thinks of it. But I think if you were talking to a yogi or something, they'd be like, oh, you were just, you know, concentrating on your chi to go through. And and just sort of like, you know, a doctor might think of that as like you're, you're you're just contacting your internal healing mechanisms to reduce the swelling like the body's an amazing thing and some people are just more in tune with it 
course, he called it prayer because he's very fixated with religion. You know, but the rest of us would call it other things. If you focus energy towards something, like uh, I was telling Pam this, is like if you, uh, you know, like I'm gonna pick up three rocks every day and I'm gonna move them ten feet. And that's going to represent my desire to get my life together. So I'm going to wake up every morning. I'm going to do that. Um, you might get your life together. You know, just as like right. if you're, yeah, you, yeah, it might help yeah, you. Some if you sort have of discipline. It doesn't matter what it is. It gets you up and moving, and now you can continue yeah. moving as opposed to just sitting there waiting for 1030 to roll around. Yeah, um, and about what you were saying is, like, I had a similar experience. I was, uh, well, that's sort of similar. I, like, I, you know, I grew up Catholic. I was an altar boy, too. Um I don't know if it was Roman Catholic. I, don't, I can't remember the difference. It's all the same. Yeah. So uh, I was, I flipped out when I was like 23 and just fucking grabbed a credit card and went to Europe um, just one day. <laughs> and uh, Nice. Yeah. And uh, I went to, first I went to Amsterdam and pal around there for like two or three weeks. And then I went to Italy and met up with some family. Uh, and then I got to Florence. And if God exists, if he's alive... And around, he's in Italy. It, <laughs> it felt like there was a god when I, I was think in the Italy. Aztecs have something to say about that. Yeah, I don't know, but when I was <laughs> when I was I went to a mass, man. Uh, I had to hike up this huge hill in Florence. There was all these families holding hands. Nobody tried to sell you nothing. They're not charging you to get in there. You go in, you sit on these stone benches. Most beautiful, beautiful fucking thing I've ever seen. But then again, I don't understand a lot of Italian, so I didn't understand the whole of a bunch of the mass. It just sounded like you know, really pretty. Uh, towns um, but you know it felt holy and it felt like no other I mean I used to go to church every single day when I was a kid we go to go to go to, go to school go to church um, and then Friday there was there was only like a 20 minute mass in the morning and then on Friday there was a full length mass and then sometimes on Wednesdays you had to go to a full length one too um, did, you, did you not eat meat on Fridays because of Catholicism uh, no I ate it anyways but they told me not to right um, and then uh but, uh, man, that day I spent in Italy at church and in that mass. Um, I mean, then again, I was probably having a yeah. manic episode, too. Yeah. But, uh, uh, amongst the, uh, you know, so I'm not your doctor or anything, but, I mean, I could explain all of those feelings. Yeah. Uh, I something <laughs> about being there, and I don't yeah. know. It so was... I, read a, I read a book called once, uh, Stoned Free, Getting High Without Drugs. Huh. And amongst the things they say, it's, it's like, it's about altering consciousness. So, like, a whirling dervish. You know, you spin around enough times and you will be in an enlightened state, you know, certainly a heightened state in a little while. Headache. Right, little kids that spin around on, yeah. the, on the concrete yeah, and you like just try not to fall on your head. Yeah, sure it might not be your favorite, but same like drumming can do that, concerts, yeah. travel. You like were like traveling, ketamine and dust yeah. off. You, you, you were, you were, you were in somewhere where everyone's communicating and you're not. So it's, yeah. it's sort of like that's a kind of deprivation tank that you were in. You know, you were you were ripe for it to, to start feeling that way. And but you know what? Been the people things, too, because the people yeah. wholeheartedly believe they weren't these half-ass believers that do it for fucking status trophies out here. Yeah. these people really fucking believe that I there was a guy up there. I wonder if you lived there and went to you know uh, went to your town, whatever, for vacation from Florence, Italy, and they were like, "Wow, these people are real. They're not all posers like they are in Italy." You know, so <laughs> so much of that is just. 
you know, being somewhere else. Like, uh, I think a lot of it has to do with too, that when there are a lot of people in a space and they're all thinking about or doing right. the same thing, yeah. I think there's the a hodge. lot of power in that. The Hajj. Right. Is that what that's called? The yeah. Hajj? Yeah. It's like one of the things a Muslim must do is go to, uh, to Mecca and like walk around. Or walk around the circle like, like nine times and there's millions of people. Yeah. Doing there's it never less than like 3 million people doing and it. And they're walking yeah. around. And they're and all dressed like, in like the same white robe. And they're and all on their, it's, it's Mecca. It's, it's their pilgrimage to you, Mecca. You don't have to do it more than once, but you have to do it once. To truly be, be like a Muslim. Is that when you pray in the morning facing east? Is that that? Right. They, well, they you pray do that five times a day. Right. Oh, okay. Five times down. But That's once wild. in their life, they take the pilgrimage to Mecca. Yeah. Okay. And it's, I watched a documentary on it. Everybody's equal in that nobody has anything. Like you're all these sort of petitioners trying to get yeah. there and people are sleeping on the side of the road. People will go with money and it doesn't matter how much money you have. You're still the same as everyone else. You sleep on yeah. the side of the road, you get there, you it's, and then you have to like be, you can almost be trampled. Actually. There are so many people yeah. walking around yeah. uh, this large pillar so, thing. It's crazy. You have to go it's got, nine it's got similarities to Burning Man. Sure. In that way that like, you know, you're somewhere with like thousands of people all doing the same thing. You can't really say that about being in a city like this where people's everyone's doing like their own thing. And and uh, all, all those things, you're, 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 you're stripped down, you're equalized, you go through an ordeal together. And with that stone, you're getting high without drugs thing, things like sleep deprivation, fasting. Yeah. Just changing your surroundings, like reprogram all like your, your stereo and all your music. Like don't listen to the stuff you've been listening to now. Don't watch the shows you're watching now. And just change all that. Change all your restaurants, change your route to work. Total sea change. Yeah, those things. So you don't have to like go far and wide for them, but you just, just change your perception of everything. And you, you had a little sleep deprivation of that at Burning Man where you are you are not going to your favorite restaurant. You don't have access to your iPad. You're right. checking your phone. Like you're out of sorts and you're kind of crazed out there. Everyone's like drugs, drugs, drugs. I'm like, man, sleep deprivation is the big drug out there. Well, and the funny thing about, not to bring it back to Burning Man, but the funny thing about Burning Man is that you can take five times more drugs than you can in any other place. Yeah. Like I was eating pot food just regularly like and you know I make pot food and I eat quite a bit of it but I mean breakfast lunch and dinner everything I was eating had marijuana in it and it wasn't even affecting me like smoking pot was nothing I mean until I like and and even I took acid one I you can burn out your receptors so like I took acid one (laughs) night and then another night I'd taken too much cocaine and I took ecstasy we'd never take cocaine and ecstasy together by the way everybody terrible pharmacological Oh, awful. It was the worst. And I even talked if, to my pharmacologist If I could after. jump in here, never take cocaine with anything. Right, absolutely. Just... No, fair enough. No, no enlightenment from cocaine. No, Cocaine no, and no. Xanax. Fantastic. <laughs> there was this really I will cool defer to, uh, on the news that just uh, happened. To his expertise on this You know what? I've never that's sampled the thing that comedy. Mama's, mama's little helpers, I wouldn't do them at the same time. I would do cocaine and then I'd come down off it with Valium. But I would never take the Valium while I was taking the cocaine. I would chop them all up and like make a blue line and a white line, and wow. then throw in a red Adderall and make a red, white, and blue line. Wow! Now that is American. I was yeah. about to say that's pretty USA, man. That's I did that in one USA. Fourth of July, and then I stared at my shoes for nine hours. Wow! Yeah, me, uh, me and my friend both did a line. Were and, those uh, shoes American made? Dude, they, I don't know. We both did a line. We both did a line. We were supposed to go to a party, God and then we shoes. just got up and looked at each other, and like he just walked into his room and closed the door, and then we 
like eight hours later, he just came out. He's like, "Did you just sit there and stare at the wall?" I was like, "Yeah." You're like, "No, my shoes because my shoes are made by <laughs> oh, God. Man, our God yeah. shoes." Great. Yeah. So <laughs> now, now let's get to that. It's you to enhance life, right? It's yeah. Just to make things better. You don't do drugs anymore. You say you don't drink anymore. Did uh, you ever I have s- a point where you were drinking and maybe drinking became your religion and then you forwent it for something else? Or well, I mean, I guess I was part of along with you know we sell like what religion are you like we're like we have one religion. I mean, it's just we're we're all so delusional about so many of these things. So I was also a part of the religion of football and beer for a while. Nice. But uh, no, not nice. Well, what's uh, your team? I mean, I, so I, I, had, I, know my I gave all that shit up, man. Bo- football. I'm going to get flack for this, but football is a boring game. It's a terrible game. It is pretty boring. And it's a stupid it. game. Yeah. And it, I mean, the highlight reel is amazing athleticism. You got to be a stud to play it. You got to be a stud to do anything at the top levels. And these guys are at the top level of something incredible. But the game itself just takes forever. It's, you know, because it's an American game. It's made for commercials. It's got no flow to it. It, it, It's sort of like it's sort of like a sport, but not a game. It's the sport that's created for financial success commercially. A bunch of dudes touching each other in tights. It's very much a military. But it's about the commercial proxy. Why is soccer not a religion in America, where it is, I shouldn't say America because there's South America where it is a religion. And I don't know what Canadians feel about it. But in the United States, nobody likes soccer or football. Why? They won't let us like it because there's no commercial breaks. Because it's 45 minutes, 45 minutes, or whatever yeah. their breaks are. Well, and they don't like that because they all they can do is put I commercial think, sponsors on their jerseys yeah. or on the walls of the stadiums. And they love football because every 17 seconds, it's a four-minute four minute commercial break. Yeah, yeah I get it's it. But it's, 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 uh, there's something into uh, the character of the people who are, who are watching it. So if you want to think about um, you know, Rome, sure. you know, one of their big things was bread and circuses, right? Right. And the circus part of that is something like football. It's very gladiatorial. It's very militaristic. It makes um, a small man, if you will, feel, you know, big and strong and powerful. And his team beat their team. And it's very. It's, it speaks to something maybe reptilian. Sure. Uh, Certainly. Sports. So, it, it, I've got more to say. About okay, sorry. So, and like, what is the uh, uh, American game? It's not baseball. It's basketball. That's like an entirely American game. However, it's spread throughout the world. But if you want, but it's really the it's more of a number one um, game in America. It, it it compares pretty well to soccer, as soccer being the number one game around the world. Sure. So in uh, uh, basketball, scores are like a hundred to ninety nine. You know, eighty sure. to seventy. You know. Score, 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 like like cocaine. Right. Hit, 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 and then soccer, like one nothing, two nothing, right, two to one, and like there's just so much emotional build up and everything to the the one point is so meaningful. Where one point in basketball is kind of meaningless. Yeah. Yet we celebrate it as if it was something special. Until the last 30 seconds of the game, one point is meaningless. And there's something to this that like drives our character in that direction. And you look at the rest of the world, they're so much better with patience. They're so much better with waiting. They're so much better with doing without. Like we just need to – we need commercials. We need the iPhone. We need to stuff our faces. We need a, a brutal game like football that's really just seeing sumo wrestlers beat each other to death. Yeah. You know? 
Here's a question. Is Stephen Curry God? No, I'm no, kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I love basketball, but there's uh, there's a thing I've noticed. I don't I don't I've never paid attention to sports because um, uh, I was born with club feet, and I didn't like watching people do shit that I couldn't do. Club feet? Isn't that like a weapon? You'd be like the best soccer player ever. No. No, no, no. Lots of surgeries. Uh, oh, sorry. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. No. So, uh, I never followed sports, never cared about sports, um, and I have missed out on a weird... I, I don't even think most men realize this, but there's a weird code between all men. Uh, that if you're stuck in a cab with a guy or if you're on a BART next to a weird dude and you want to talk to somebody, you can bring up the fucking game. Absolutely. And start talking to people. What's what's the same thing with women? Um, clothes. If clothes. someone will comment. If or your you, relationship, maybe? Uh, you could mention a man, but usually what women will do is they'll say, oh, I love your pants. Your yeah. earrings are oh, so pretty. I used to have an app that would tell me how to talk to people. <laughs> and I would sit there and read the app and be like, oh, Steph Curry was jump roping today. And they'd be like, oh, yeah, that was great. Did you see how many uh, yeah. cabbage patches yeah. he did? Um, you know, cabbage I don't know what I'm talking <laughs> about. I don't know what any of those things mean. But uh, it's metaphors. Um, but yeah, no, I was just like, that's the one thing I regret about not liking sports. Hey, man, it's not homoerotic at all <laughs> for two dudes who don't know each other to talk about some other dude's workout. Well, exactly. It's not And that, that's the thing, though, is that sports are a connector for people, and they're almost like a religion, whereas a lot of people would probably say that Jesus is a connector, or it's a place that creates community, right? Re- yeah. Church. The reason you would go to church would be not, I don't think, to worship God, because you can worship God wherever you are, but the reason to go to church is to sort of create a community with like-minded people that all believe in the same delusions you do. So it works for football. Like the Easter Bunny? Well, we are. Easter Bunny. But like football, they believe in it. My boyfriend believes it. I can talk to Dro. You know what I know with comedians right now? If I get to the brainwash tonight and I don't know who to talk to, I can always go up to Dro and talk to him about fantasy football, even though I don't play. He's going to be so excited to talk about it that he'll give me enough information and I can just nod my head and go, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yes. If I want to talk to him, which, I mean, whatever. Or if Jonathan and his friend, you know, uh, Victor are talking, I can always become involved in the conversation by sort of attuning to this sports thing as you can with religion and Christians. Well, it's, those things are also useful. Like I said, it was like a military proxy. That's one way to get us to be, I mean, how do you keep 350 million people in any From sort. killing each other. Not just that, <laughs> but I'll bring it back to that in a second. But like in any, like how do they get us to all believe in the war and what was right and what's wrong and who should be president and who should, like they, they need to keep sports out there so at least they have the platform for us to be, you know, controlled or unified. But when you talk about that connection that you had to make with the stranger and you have an app to help you, you got to remember we're evolved from a time when if you didn't have a connection with that stranger you're passing on the road, you might kill each other. Yeah. Huh. So you better find a cousin. Like, what are you doing in my territory? What's up with your stuff? I've been Why are you now. here? You know, and, and so like that urge to find a common and having something like that out there because it, that's like a nice neutral ground where if I start asking about uh, you know, religion or, you know, what's your relationship No, no like, you're not or, supposed to talk religion or politics. Or even, but even food, like uh, I have a completely different diet than the average American. You know, I have some similarities, yeah, but you can really start getting off on things. When's the last time you ate McDonald's? Uh, it might have been that. Uh, well, oh, okay. I did have to eat it once um, it, when I was traveling. 
uh, once in one. Argentina. I bet it was better there, though. Wasn't it, it was because it's Argentine beef right. in Argentina. Right. I had it and, on the way here. Yeah, and once in <laughs> London. But before then, last time in the United States was probably the late 80s, early 90s. I am so impressed. Why you said why we're here? Why are you here, Matthew Quirk? Why, why do you feel like you're here? Do you feel like there's a higher power that's leading you to anything specific? Do you feel like there's something that you need to accomplish or that you've been meant to accomplish since you were a child? Or have you already accomplished those things that you were supposed to? Yeah, and that's the downside, man. I've already fucking hit the big home run, and now, like, the rest of my career is downhill. I can never live up to that. What was the big thing? Church uh, of Eight Wheels? No. Uh, actually, I was very significantly involved in the... Original uh, medical marijuana initiative. Really? In the 96? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. I opened the first club in uh, Oakland back then. Wow. Uh, what was that called? The, uh, uh, the Oakland Cannabis Buyers Cooperative? Yes. Wow. Bam. That was You were just setting me up. You wanted to see if I knew, didn't you? Wow. Yeah, I, I just remember that opening and think it was the coolest thing ever. Yeah. We actually opened on uh, July 4th. 96. Wow. As you recall, the election was not until November then. So, so you started before, before you, we you jumped actually, the that gun. That's when we opened our physical place. We actually started doing stuff uh, uh, in uh, like September the year before. We is had like Oaksterdam a bicycle. Oaksterdam is like there now, but that was yeah. like came, 2007 yeah, 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 or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were back in like, so we started doing like bicycle messenger service and had like one customer at a time for a wow. while. And, and uh, eventually we... Got a car, you know, after like 50 people, we got a car. And then after like 150 people, we got an office. And then right. about like 2,000 something, and we got shut down by a court order from the U.S. Marshals. That, yeah. you know, so, right. So and I'm not sure it has a happy ending. But still, I mean, clearly I, you know, helped open Pandora's box and that shit's out. And legalization is just the, the dominoes are falling. What do you think about Proposition 46? Do you think that... There's going to be a church of cannabis that comes up. Remember the state? What was the state that had the laws against the gay people? And they're like, and they used that loophole. Was it Arkansas? I don't know. There's they, like they seven used, or eight to choose from. If you said Arkansas or North Carolina, I would believe. Both they those they used a loophole. Okay. So they said, oh, you know what? If you're gay and I own a bakery, I don't have to do your wedding cake because oh, you, yeah. you. Can I just get because in it the because of religion? Process. But it's because of they, they use yes, it because yes, of religion. Yes, yes, for my religion. Yeah, yeah. They yeah. said because of my religion, I can't make these gay people their wedding cake, so I'm gonna say that we can't do that. So then, with that loophole, they made a church of cannabis that said, because of our religion, we smoke cannabis, and we smoke cannabis, and well, they made it legal to smoke in. Um, in a state that is like yeah. completely well, well, thank God. Again. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and uh, thank Mary Jane, if yeah. I may. Do you so do you believe now in mar- marijuana is sort of a, a new religion? I mean, I almost Yeah. Feel well, religion that- so while we're getting into it, obviously religion is you know, uh, Colin Quinn had some uh, joke about how uh, the religions are like caricatures themselves, and with the, uh, the the Jewish ones, like they're all studying the Talmud, like looking for a loophole or something. <laughs> and uh, and so much of religion is like, oh, there's a loophole. No, God wants you to be a good person. There's no fucking loophole's, you right. know. And uh, and to find all these things to like inflict, you know, to cram their idea through some like oh a loophole, and then like some. 
I don't know who this cannabis guy is, but let's face it, some jerk thinks of some way to make drugs through there too, right. just like that jerk did to make get his pastries, you know, through there. Uh, and it's all just us just lawyering over legalese that we claim is religion. There was that whole movie Devil's Advocate where like lawyers is the new religion. And, right, right, you know, right, uh, right. That's a good one. Law, law is the new religion and lawyers are the new high priest. Yeah, right. uh, Satan. But, but, Spoiler. But with all that, I mean, a, a pastry chef was doing this? Yeah. Like, where does gluttony fit into your religion, you freaking jerk? Yeah, that guy was yeah. a fucking dick, man. Like, I remember do you that not thing. sell it to fat people? I mean, right. And it's completely you, gluttonous. Can you discriminate? I wonder if you can discriminate against. I mean, I'm I'm a sizeist. How I'm can not you a be a man that makes pastries and fucking be prejudiced against gay people? I, yeah, it's preposterous. It's like, like when I hear like a big time actor hates gay people. Said, like, I, like if I made dresses for men and like was a total bigot. I, I mean, right. I guess Here, it's a weird metaphor, but I, I, I even as I mean, I, I'm not gonna <laughs> claim that I didn't call people faggot and such like that and use that when I was growing up. Yeah, because I was. Just, it was the yeah. 80s. Uh, it was the 70s. It was the 70s. <laughs> and, but I never really, in my heart, understood why that would be a problem. Why that is a problem. Why people don't like it. Like I never understood why that was something that just defaulted you from life. Because back then it was sort of like that. It defaulted you from life. Well, I mean, because yeah. it's and that and it, we can get back to the Bible yeah. here is that the reason that a lot of Christians negate homosexuality yeah. and say that it isn't a part of Sure. What should be happening? The reason that they do that is that there are passages in the Bible from uh, Exodus and Leviticus that talk about not laying with another man and these kinds of things. But the reason why is that the Jews were beset by all of these invading, like they were people running around in the desert and attacking armies would come and take their children and then use them as sex slaves. Yeah. Like, that was just something that was happening Well, that happened all over ago. the world. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. That so was like common four, practice. 4,000 years ago, totally common practice. Yeah. You take the kid, you take their boys away, you take the girls away, too, for that matter, yeah. and you fuck them. Some of them are workers, not, some of those are playthings, some of them are right. servants, some and of them are... Yeah. So, if you look contextually at the Bible, the reason they had a problem with homosexuality was because of... Not because that homosexuality is inherently wrong or loving a person of any yeah, gender yeah. is a problem, but that they were being, they were turned into sex slaves and yeah. they were really upset about it. Well, <laughs> so much of that religion that's taken off. So back in the day, you used to be able to recognize people immediately. Like, you wore this kind of cloth, you wore those kind of dressings, you wore this kind of jewelry, if anything. You carried your sword on that side or the other. You know, like, people were immediately recognizable as who they were with. That, that's back in the days where you might meet a stranger and you might kill each other. Right. So, uh, and all of that is basically just like mapping down, like this is what separates us from the people over there. Right. You know, like we don't eat that part of the cow. We don't eat this, you know, we prepare it this way. Right. We don't we have wear our clothing. Or so all that, and some of that's also behaviors, you know, uh, just to keep a, this is how we do things. We're this tribe and this is what keeps us together. But, we don't live then anymore, you know? Right. We haven't for a long time, certainly not with such clear delineation. It's not necessary. And, and I just have never really been on board with why it was so, like, what's, yeah, he's gay, so what? Like, right. I don't, like, you know. Progressive. Yeah. I, I love GOAT. That's neither here nor there. But, uh, so the Islamic people did a thing where, okay, so back in the day, you didn't, there was no toilet paper, right? So you'd wipe yeah, your yeah. butt 
a with, clean hand and a dirty hand. You had a hand. clean hand and a dirty hand. Yeah. I guess you'd wipe your butt with your left hand and you would eat with your right hand. And shake hands. With your right hand. Yeah. And so that's why when you stole something, they'd chop off your right hand because then you had to eat and clean your poop off with the same hand and nobody wanted to shake your hand anymore yeah. because they knew that you were unclean because they knew that you were wiping your hand with your one available you're wiping your ass with your one available hand well i <laughs> I, I, I hate to be a stickler or anything but wouldn't that be the same result if you cut off the left hand you still have to wipe True. your ass absolutely somehow. absolutely i just stop wiping my ass well i mean I, I would never stop. I mean, because then you get the I mean, hooks. it already smells like shit probably Right, but then anyways. with the liquid hey, and the stuff in your butt. Do you know when they invented already. toilet paper? I have no idea. I'm going to say 18, late 1800s. <laughs> it was like 19-something. It might have even been like the teens. Or no. The 20s. Yeah, it was super recently. And I mean, there were certain cultures but that would have. But we didn't have running water, so if you wiped your hand with your ass, you had to wash your hand, which means that if you were using still water, well, that you were using the look, same water as yeah. other people were using to wash their shitty. Well, hand. I mean, we were terrible with sanitation back then. Lincoln lost one of his kids because sewage was like the drinking water at the White House back wow. then. We just weren't that sophisticated, and. Um, Actually, some cultures like the Mayans and Romans had a pretty good running water system. Yeah, that's true. The know? aqueducts and the whatnot. And, and uh, but so basically, when our diets were sufficiently better, and it wasn't all this processed food, you didn't really need to wipe your ass. You had like nice solid turds. Huh. You know, like only when you were in the most extreme sickness and you had diarrhea, and then something's wrong. You know, that you had any need for that sort of thing. Huh. Wow. I'm yeah, sure this, that this is going back to last week. How I said I think poop is the reason we have religion. I exactly. It's I, one I, of them. Yeah, and, and certainly said, we need to get this fucking poop out of here. We better invent a god to scare everybody to fucking move it. Not just <laughs> no. You didn't have to invent. People were dying of cholera and stuff like a god cursing us. See, we're drinking that water again. Like yeah. you know, how did how did the whole meat cheese separation thing happen? Someone died of whatever that disease is, which I hear is freaking horrible. And everyone's like, obviously God does not oh, e. coli? want. Uh, it's not E. coli. It's. Uh, but the Jews don't eat. They have a dairy diet, which means that you can't eat. Meat and dairy off the a, same plate, off the same plate, or even in a certain time period. Yeah. So you can't have a bacon. Well, you can't have a bacon cheeseburger anyway because yeah. you can't have bacon because yeah. you're a Jew. But a cheeseburger is against Judaism because you're having dairy and meat at the same yeah. time. But that stems back to a time before there was refrigeration sure. and stuff like that. Yeah, and I mean, I I don't know what they were doing. With, well. Goat milk, I'm sure. We know yeah. that makes great cheese, and cheese can last. Well, if you don't, it, they also didn't have, like, soap. So, right. like, you know, you leave that plate out for a couple hours in the desert, and things go bad Yeah, pretty quick. things go bad quickly. And then, and then you need to pray over religion yeah. or something. So, uh, if you had to tell us the five things that make you... Okay, so we know that you're not religious. We know that you're agnostic but are there five things that you have in your life that you think make you a good person and what makes you a moral person basically i know you as a moral stand-up guy i don't think that you'd ever like <laughs> that's great well no i don't think you'd ever like <laughs> i don't see you like fucking over girls or being like kind of a dick about shit i don't i've never seen you screw anybody out of anything yeah. you seem like a pretty stand-up guy well, thank you well, i've only been around a little while uh you've met me in my late 40s uh maybe in my 20s you might have had a different opinion uh the five things that make me more I don't know um, so 
Or do you consider yourself a moralistic the question. person? I'm going to answer. I'm going to answer the question I wish you asked. Okay. Or anyway, or that I want to answer. So, um, I'm a huge believer in cooperation. All right. And uh, we, only in like modern society can we get this fucking idea that like I can do and just split and not have to be involved or clean up or I don't owe anybody anything. Lack of responsibility, not pulling your weight. Every man for himself. You know, I even had one guy say to me once, like, you know how society is, man. It's every man for himself. I was like, no, we invented society so it wouldn't be every man for himself. Right. Uh, And um, so, I mean, like that argument that it's self-interest, you know, you're a good person because you want other people to be good back to you, you know. I guess there is something to that. You learn the lessons of like, hey, why, why, why do I live up to my word? Oh, because if you don't, then no one trusts you. No one wants to hang out. No one wants to right. never get it, you know. And, uh, but I don't think that happens either. I think that people go back on their word and people still trust them or try them again sure those people are called suckers but there are (laughs) definitely people out there and i think there's also like those people because we live in such a society where it's not obvious who i am and what tribe i'm from like it used to be if you were ostracized by the people who knew you you were fucked right uh whereas we can just move on to another group i mean i just showed up with this comedy group and just started hanging out and didn't upset anybody too yeah, bad. Like a year and a half ago. And now I'm a stand-up guy. Yeah. You know, that's a pretty low bar that I'm jumping over, in my opinion. I uh, I think people would share your opinion. I'm a stand-up guy, but I earned that by going through the drug world and not fucking anybody over. Uh. At least not anybody that didn't deserve it. And I didn't get shot or nothing. Because uh, that could happen in '96. Totally. Because we, although it was finally yeah. legalized, yeah. it's still been kind of an underground stigmatized still, thing. It still is shaky. And 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 full disclosure, nobody returns my calls from those days. So really? maybe I did screw some people over, fuck the wrong girlfriend or something in my past. Huh. But like you learn to be better about those things. You can't be constantly. Uh, you know, making that same mistake over and over again. So cooperation, that's one of the things. It's yeah, your moral. It's one of your yeah. moral standpoints. How did they build the pyramids? Everybody was building a pyramid. That's how they built it, <laughs> you know. Uh, aliens did that. I heard the aliens Aliens built plural, them. right? Yeah, so like true. cooperation, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, right? And right, were we right, fighting right, them right, off right. or do we let them land here? Yeah, yeah they're, cooperation. They're, I'm not yeah. going to get into it. And, and, <laughs> and uh, um, so part of it is the, I think it speaks to being, that's where we, speaking of the pyramids, that's where we achieve our best being cooperative okay. and, 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 and being empathetic like that. Uh, and I, I suppose, so when I gave up on religion as being the thing to hold me together, I started caring about the earth a lot more. I got oh. more into plants. I got more into, uh, you know. So cooperation, respect of nature. Or just the idea that it. Uh, a, a res- responsibility might be the word you're looking for. Responsibility like it isn't to nature. anyone else's. You know, I have responsibility in this whole thing too. Gotcha. You know, uh, oh, that's really nice that you consider yourself a part of the problem and therefore part of the solution because you're trying not to create yeah. more of a problem. Well, to be to start as we shatter our delusions. Oh, I'm not participating in that. Well, you are participating in, you know, I'm sure. using hand gestures. Great for radio. Yeah. But we are participating in all of this planet. There's no one separate from the planet. Right. And in that, like, I'm not separate from this conversation. And on that note, I, I'm no longer separate from Mutiny Radio. I come here a lot. <laughs> I use this place a lot for my own benefits. 
and uh, on that note, not to humble brag or anything, but I will drop $5 in your thing when I take off to go roller skating because I want to keep this place alive. I can't foot the whole bill, but I could also easily be like, oh, I just got five minutes. I'm not really, you know, this is Pam's thing. She has her own way, and I can just go take off and be blissfully ignorant of the, the, the trauma that you're you know, <laughs> under trying to keep this place alive. And I want this place to be alive. I want that Church of Eight Wheels to be alive, so Absolutely. I will give free instructions that for place people. That's great. I've been there a yeah. lot. I'll give free instructions out there when I'm trying to have a good time on a Friday. Are you wearing a funky outfit when you're there? Because I've been there a bunch. I've never seen you. <laughs> I, it was like a year ago, but I was there like... I will wear funky... You know what? I'm usually one of the better skaters there. You'll see me. Okay. Yeah. yeah I just didn't, I'll I, be I, that I guy who then. goes backwards through everyone do and you, like doesn't flinch. And, do you do the thing where you're on the back wheels of your front foot and the front wheels of your back foot and uh, yeah, you heel like toe a, it yeah, yeah i can do i can do and it front can ones spin. and backwards i can do a little spinning uh i can skate up to your girlfriend who's being nice to you because you suck at skating and yeah. like grab her and like hey let's couple skate and then just like suavely like, take well, off i'll put you in a headlock in the parking lot <laughs> Wait, there's no parking lot there. Yeah, and, and and I tell you, I'm glad you brought that up. I will throw down with skates on and beat the no, fuck I'm out well, of I'm, I'm, I'm just messing with you. I, yeah. I Please do not attack I, me on skates. I never said I'd win. Yeah. I mean, I, you got to do something if this, you're stealing my girl breath. This brings me to one of my favorite lines. I was going to go to a Trump rally as, you know, Ginger Lives Matter. and uh, So I wouldn't get beat up by both sides. I was going to wear my roller skates, which is the international sign for I am not a threat. <laughs> <laughs> I used to go to the Golden Skate in San Ramon. Oh, I love that place. I, and yeah, I don't know there. if it still exists, yeah. but it was up on that hill, and there. it's still there. That's so great. People still roller skate there? Yeah. Fantastic. God, I, I go there, and I'm like a mediocre skater. <laughs> I love that place. We used to do the shoot the duck game, and we used to do the red light, green light go, and you'd go in a circle, and, that, and they had yeah. black lights on that back area, and it was like that black that back area with the black lights was like a a wagon wheel scene or something. There's like a wagon oh, wheel. Yeah, the DJ was like, right in the middle. Yeah, well, uh, over to the kind of by behind the snack bar. Like the snack bars over there, and they had the big licorice things that were super long. The weird and orange carpet. The weird carpet, and then yeah. the, the the DJ booth, and then on the floor were those weird circles because they played games sometimes. And God, I love the Golden Skate. From third to sixth grade, I spent a lot yeah. of time. It's yeah, a great too. date. It's a lot of fun. Uh, I, you know, if you're, we're over there together, I'll point out like some of the people in their 50s and 60s who from behind look 27. Like skating will keep your form and keep you fit and keep you active. Core. Yeah, yeah I felt muscles that I'd never felt before after one night of skating. Yeah. The first time I went to uh, Church of Eight Wheels. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. So cooperation responsibility to nature yeah. roller responsibility skating. in general because i also have responsibility to these relationships to the people around me so that's one of your tenets is responsibility yeah that's good yeah and uh, to, to, to bring this to america as we were talking about earlier so everyone always claims like i have my rights i have my rights i have my rights actually you have rights and responsibilities and people never uh, fucking bring up their responsibilities absolutely yeah i find it funny one of the there's so much entitlement uh 
in the United States. And one of those things is when you're 16, everyone should drive a car. We're all entitled to drive a car all the time. And I'm like, we really don't have to drive a car when you're 16. In fact, I don't really trust 16-year-olds behind the wheel. Yeah. I don't even trust 20-year-olds behind the wheel. I don't trust myself behind the wheel. I, and I'm 42. Yeah. I knew a kid who won a drug argument with his parents. They were like, he's like, I want to start smoking pot. They're like, you can't. It's dangerous. He's like, hey, I'm about to get my driver's license. What's more dangerous than that? And the parents were fucking stumped because yeah. that was actually their biggest fear. It was bigger than like you might OD. They, they felt their kid was smart enough and responsible enough to do that. But like the car thing you're out there with other 16 a whole flock of them you can get hit by something when Any, you're in the yeah, right and anything happens a in whole the and they're like okay maybe you can smoke pot just don't yeah. i'm so scared of <laughs> i would i would rather smoke pot and ride a bus forever <laughs> I, I, i'm never gonna drive a gun that's not okay so you the tenants uh oh, okay got, so we got yeah we got cooperation we have responsibility to all uh nature your fellow man uh we've got roller skating Roller skating, yeah, that's probably that's one of the more Im- religious important. things I do that with you know, involves ecstasy. Keeps you fit, such. keeps you tight. Rugby, do you rugby. think that rugby is important for people? You think sports, physical fitness? Do you put that in your tenants? Activity, certainly. Activity. That's because we are we are in a body, you know. Activity, at, yeah. As a yogi, your body once, is a temple. A yoga guy said, like, you know, be be happy that you get to be one of the breathers. Like he was Aww. all about prana. Like you get to be a breather. Right. Because some of the entities out there aren't able to be a breather. You know, they're just out there existing. Sure. Uh, um, There's got to be a fifth. And with that, it's a game that uh, needs cooperation. Yeah. Like, teams don't work without cooperation. And uh, I've never been a real good team player. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's. I understand how it's... I know you guys yeah, are... Sta- we make a good team. <laughs> I, 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 believe me, it's something I'm aware of here in the stand-up community world. A bunch of individuals loosely held together by a one... Uh, you know, XLR cord. Yeah, yeah, one XLR cord. Yeah, one XLR card at a time. Yeah, and... Um, uh, but still... If you weren't putting this place on, if there weren't other comics and putting on shows and people supporting each other, I know you guys ride share from, you know, mic to mic to mic. There's still some effort of cooperation going on with that. Right, yeah. And a lot of support. And I call people all the time. I text them to put me on a list that I haven't signed up for yet. Yeah. And and uh, and within that is the relationship with the audience. Like you sort of, you know, like you're not necessarily doing you, know, you want to connect with them. And I feel a responsibility to the audience. Definitely. Yeah, I don't ever want to disappoint them. Yeah, And it's a team effort. Like you expect them to be a decent audience. Like you, right. if it's not funny, don't laugh. But if it is funny, don't just sit there. You know? Right. Uh, and um, yeah, physically fit, activity, cooperation. I love rugby. Great game, you know. And it gets me out traveling. It brought me to Cuba. It brought me to London. You've been to Cuba? Yeah. Wow, I've always yeah, wanted I'm to go to badass, Cuba. Man. Jealous, man. I'm a badass man. You are a badass. Yes. Yeah. High five. These, thank you. I've always wanted to go to Cuba. These freckles don't often get a lot of respect on the streets. But Look at his calves. They're totally tight. Yeah, I'm, I Look have the calves that. of a 25 year old. I have the calves of a dying chicken. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. I, f- I still have hope for you. Do you have any tattoos? Uh, no, I have scars, though. You have no tattoos. You're. I'm. I got a leopard year. skin pattern on me. Are you? You're 50 this year, right? Uh, I'll be f- 50 the next coming year. Next coming year. So you're 48 I'm 49, right now. 49. 49. 49. You look great for 49. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, and yeah, so it's also sunscreen. a big social thing. You could wear thing. more sunscreen. I could wear you more could sunscreen. You could wear some more sunscreen on your face because your, your body belies the wrinkles on your face. 
Uh, if you if you would have worn sunscreen, I'm sorry, it's too late. Uh, you know what? I but had crow's feet when I was 19. I kind of had. Because you get in the sun too long. I can but get you even at night. Sunscreen. Even when I wasn't in the sun, I still I have a. I'll show you a picture of my grandfather at 19, and you'll see why I have a kind. And of that's because face. you're Irish and you needed to wear sunscreen. Yeah. I am 42 and I wear sunscreen every day. But you are just. Because I wear sunscreen. You're like a cupie doll. Because I wear sunscreen. That's the only reason. I'll get you some sunscreen, too. My best friend's a dermatologist. I got sunscreen coming out my ass. Oof, that's so that's much sunscreen. A, is that third base? It's, yeah, I got so much. I just, I poop sunscreen. It's amazing. Yeah. No, I, I'll bring you guys some sunscreen. Uh, it really, it'll help. And and with that brings you to community. Through rugby, uh, there's a skating community. There's a very loosely held uh, comedy community. There's a... Uh, <laughs> Uh, rugby has a brotherhood, they call it. And, you know, I, I can show up to, like, any city and find a local rugby team and be like, look, they will come out to practice. You know, they're like, hey, we're going to go out drinking later. And Gaelic football. To- the Gaelic yeah. football people are almost rugby people. Yeah, they're, I'm, sure, they're, I'm sure there's uh, – it, it occurs in other avenues, but that's one of the things that rugby brings besides, oh, you just bash heads, you know, like – well, no, you hang out with cool guys. Yeah, yeah, and they get they get involved in the community too. They, there's a bunch of guys involved in youth rugby programs and other youth programs, and they do fundraisers for one guy does a thing that's a fundraiser for Alzheimer's. And, oh, cool, you know. Matthew Quirk, it has been a pleasure. Has it been an hour? It has been an hour. It has Lord been an hour. Lord above. <laughs> exactly. That was that was amazing. See how quickly it went? Yeah. And we're talking about religion and all that. We got we got back around. But before we'll talk about, I'll tell you guys one more thing before. I, I had a dream last night. And I know listening to people's dreams is boring and stupid. But I had a dream last night that I was at Burning Man. And I was on a, I, I got in and I was at this weird place. And there was a large flatbed truck. And I was uh, in a bikini. And I jump on the back of the flatbed truck, and the only person who's on there with me is Andrew Holmgren. But here's the funny thing. His hair was really long, but he had this really acute bald spot on the top of his head. And I got on the thing, and I was like, fuck, I hate Burning Man. <laughs> Just because I know Andrew Holmgren doesn't like me very much. He's, a, he's another comedian. He's a Sylvan who's not a fan of me for whatever reason. I don't know why, but he's not a fan. Man. But in my dream, he had a big bald spot, and I thought in myself in that dream, thank God there's something wrong with that guy. That makes me so happy <laughs> that he's going bald. I was so happy in my dream, even though I was on this weird... It was hot. I had to pee because it was, you know, the morning. And anyways, but I was dreaming that I was a burning man on this flatbed truck, and I was just so happy. That he had a bald spot. It's that's, about it's, that's community. It's about, yeah. <laughs> it's about sex. No, it's not. I've never been sexually <laughs> that, attracted. No, to I know. No. That, that that's like an old timey standard answer to all like, dreams. What's it about? It's about sex. It's about like sex. no matter what the dream is, yeah. it's about sex. Well, if it is, then <laughs> no. then I have to. No, pee I think it's more about your uh, anger towards him because you were happy he had cancer or something. Like no, no, just that he had a bald spot on the top of his head. He had one of those things burgeoning. Like oh, so you said bald spot, and I immediately went to to, to cancer because yeah. you're turning fifty soon and you're worried about dying. It's yeah. okay. You're gonna cancer. you're gonna go to heaven or whatever. There. If there is a hell, I know that you're not going to it, Matthew Quirk. If there is a heaven, I am assured that you're going to be teaching roller skating up there in the clouds. And if we all just turn into dirt, then you're going to make a beautiful tree. Yeah. So I do actually want to get planted as a tree. I do want to be left out in the wild to be redistributed by the wild. That's that's actually my death wish. That's what you should do with my remains. I don't know if they let people yeah. do that. I think they make you be cremated because it's like they think they cremate have. you first, but they can plant you in a thing that they plant a tree on top See, of. Now that's I heard you can also get. Um, yeah. I, there's a name for it, and I think it's very expensive. But there's uh, people that are bu- buying private land, and 
you can basically just get thrown naked into a hole. That's yeah. what I want. I That's kind of what I want. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to yeah. be in a box. Yeah. I don't want to be in a box. Yeah. I want the worms eat me as fucking fast as possible. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I want to be redistributed in that more natural way. My preference would be a Viking funeral. Still yeah, alive, yeah. on a boat, with a dog, shoot the arrow at no the thing big as he push off the sea. Dog swoops back. No big Dog deal, but uh, are you a Viking? And on that note, are you going to die with a sword in your hand? I think that those are two major uh, requirements to the Viking. That's what you got to earn that. To Viking. get to Valhalla, you have to die in battle. Yeah, you have to die in. Or at least with a sword in your hand. Yep, you from what I've heard of Norse mythology, in order to get to Valhalla, you have to be, um, you have to die in battle in a heroic or courageous way. Yeah. I know it'll be more like I slip in the shower and my friends just take me down to like the lake. Um, right. Like or like Golden Gate Park. Yeah. 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 So that might be just burning on a lake as opposed to a Viking view. <laughs> yeah. So hey, they say rugby is the game played in heaven. Oh, so sweet. yeah, so I I hope I go there because I'm just gonna bring it when I get up there. Oh, bring yeah, it! Take my spot back. Well, you certainly brought it here today. On some call me. Thank you. Too. Yeah, a lot of fun. Yes. This is Matthew Quirk, uh, telling us all his quirky things. You guys can listen to him every Monday on the Joke Workshop. He shows up here for that from six to eight, and sometimes on Fridays if you get off work in time or whatever, um, from six to eight on the Happy Hour. We'll get you on a on a Pamtastic soon. You have a great memory. I think I mentioned that once to you, and you're like right on it. I'm I, Come yeah in. I uh, it's cause it's the reading. I remember everything. Uh, so thank you again, Matthew Quirk, for telling us about rugby, roller skating, and everything s ex Catholicism. And uh, we're gonna we'll take a little break, and then we'll get back here with pervert fervor, <laughs> aka Timothy Pizza, doing the moogs and running the ones and twos. Beep boop 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 boop. boop. <laughs> All right, we'll be we'll be right back here. Keep it tuned to Mutiny Radio. If you're listening to the podcast, keep it tuned, baby. Uh, and we'll be back. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of Mutiny Radio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's Underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere five 
$5 every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because $5, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere $5 is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere. Like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse. Or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? It's a cash cock, honey. Want to go to Burning Man, but you don't have the right goggles, costume, or attitude? Visit 20 Mission Hive at 2415 Mission Street between 20th and 21st in the heart of the Mission District. Easily accessible by BART, this collective of unique artists and vendors has eclectic handmade clothing, leatherwork, artisan jewelry, antiques, crystals, and there's even an amazing florist. Whisper pirate ship to your 20 Mission High vendor for a special 10% discount on the coolest, most original items in San Francisco. That's 20 Mission Hive with eight vendors and like them on Facebook at 20 Mission Hive. 20 Mission High for awesome events and updates. The dictionary definition of the adjective eclectic is selecting or choosing from various sources. When Bay Area musician J.D. Buell brings you Morning Train Wednesday, 10 a.m. to noon on Mutiny Radio, that is exactly what he does. Select music from various sources to give you a unique listening experience. Rock, pop, jazz, bluegrass, gospel, funk, reggae, folk, blues, country and western, electronica, soul, disco, rhythm and blues, punk and post-punk come together with music from around the world with Buell's passionate and down-to-earth delivery. In an age of personal music delivery systems, J.D. Buell carries on the values of progressive FM radio when a listener could actually have a relationship with a programmer, someone who would create an eclectic musical environment wherein both listener and host find fulfillment. The Morning Train with J.D. Buell, Wednesday, 10 to noon on mutinyradio.fm. Freeform radio for free minds. and underground space for an event? Look no further than mutinyradio.fm. Our 30-seat flexible space can accommodate your acoustic band, birthday party, comedy show, dance party, karaoke super fun, theater event, fundraiser. If you think it, we can do it. You run the door in promotion, we run the sound, space, and podcast. Rentals available Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10 at Mutiny Radio FM's performance space at 2781 21st Street in the Deep Mission at 21st in Florida. Contact Pam at pamsadai at hotmail.com for more options and booking dates. 
incredible socialist prices so you can be creative in a free speech space without breaking the bank. That's Mutiny Radio Rentals every Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10. Book your event now. Well, hey there, San Francisco. If you're looking for some delicious late-night food, I suggest you mosey on down to Bender's Bar. Inside, you can find Counter Offer, offering you amazing late-night food and snacks. Try the chicken biscuit. It's like your stomach's in a tasty tornado. They have exceptionally great daily ground sustainable burgers with sides of tater tots, grilled asparagus, and delicious zucchini. And creamy-licious mac and cheese. You like tacos? They got them. And from the specials, very deep fried fish sandwich to a stoner burger with a donut bun. What are those crazy potheads going to come up with next? Go to the counter offer inside of Brenda's Bar at 800 South Van Ness Avenue. San Francisco is located between 19th Street and 20th Street in the Mission District. Open seven nights a week from 5 to 10 p.m. or later. Counter offer, son. What could be happier than 23 comics doing jokes for each other and at a radio listening audience? Puppets, kittens, unicorns, porn maybe? Oh, well, stage time makes them happy. And this super happy comedy open mic is open every Friday from 6 to 8 p.m. But you can also listen anytime by downloading the podcast at Mutiny Radio FM Index at podcasts.pcrcollective.org. So come live or listen later or to every happy hour mic Friday from 6 to 8 p.m. at Radio FL Mutiny Radio. I just fucked that up again. What the fuck is wrong with me? Yeah, I got it. Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Oh, shit. From time to time, I've been giving it a thought of two. You know, if you go to Joke Workshop, 
there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things, dude, before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dang nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! <laughs> I mean, like, I mean, no one got hit by a bus, but <laughs> Tess would still it's like watch pretty it. good. And I could throw that in. Coming up right now here on Mutiny Radio, it's time for pervert fervor. He's gonna pee. Yeah, you have time to pee. Sure, I was just taking the commercials out. Uh, he is gonna be amazing. He's gonna play the boobity boop boops for you, the moopity moops, and the boopity boops, which I'm very excited about. Uh, I'm gonna hang out in here and do some promo for the upcoming Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouses here on Mutiny Radio. That's every Friday from 8 to 10. This week upcoming is My Stranger Things X location. Maybe you lived in the Upside Down. (laughs) Our comedians this week have lived in weird, weird places. They're also incredibly weird, weird people. One of them is notably Zach Wiseman. Very funny man. Um, that happens every Friday from 8 to 10, Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse. Next week will be Hell Hat, and then following that is the I'll Buy That for a Dollar Mutiny Radio Fundraiser, where com- comedians paid a dollar a minute to be able to perform for you guys. Uh, you can donate at the door as well. It's going to be a great time. Also, Zach Wiseman's going to have a bunch of paintings for a dollar, and all of that money's going to go straight to him because he's poor and he's a good artist. We got Tim at the Pizza, a.k.a. Pervert Fervor, ready to rock the ones and twos, the beepity boops and the moogs for you guys here on Mutiny Radio. This is Some Call Me Tim. Thank you. 
pervert fervor, everyone. Pervert fervor. This has been Some Call Me Tim uh, with Pam and Timmy. He is also known as Pervert Fervor. That was amazing. I think he brought a theremin in for today. Incredible work. It's the theremin times here on Some Call Me Tim. Uh, We'll see you guys next week with our special guest, Jeremy Adkins. Until next time, Some Call Me Tim. Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Absolutely. 499.